Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And welcome in everybody. Again, it's making it big if you can't see by the title on spotify our heart radio spreaker.com or other media platforms i'm the fuse check us out on twitter at making it big one a lot to dive into well i think a lot might be a tad bit of a strong word a decent amount to get to on today's program we're going to touch on some nfl um and to start, though, we're going to go NBA. I think you look at the NBA standings right now. Let's do that together. Let's get hot Let's uh, get hot cocoa or some cider, even though it's early March. You still, it's, still a little, it's still a tad cold, a tad chilly here and there. So let's gather around the fire. And look at some NBA standings. So each team has about 20 games left in the regular season. In the East, you have the Heat, Bulls, 76ers, then the Bucks as your top four. And in the West, it's the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Jazz. Look, am I going to stick... I think last time we talked about the NBA standings and where I thought, who I thought could go to the NBA Finals, I think I went with Bucks. I want to say Bucks and Warriors. I don't know, man. The more I think about it, the more I might have to go. Bucks and Bucks and Suns for that NBA rematch of last year. Just because I, you know, you look at the Suns and the way they play the game, how they, I mean, they're four, six and a half up on the Warriors right now. You can tell they're hungry, and that last year's Finals had no impact on them in a bad way. It's it, it affected them in a good way because it's, it's like motivating them. You have Devin Booker, once again an all-star this year. DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, he can make he can block shots. Obviously, he scores. Chris Paul, the veteran leader, doesn't have to do too much. They have this cohesion. They brought in JaVale McGee, a veteran center. Obviously, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, guys with playoff experience. So there's things to like about this Suns team, and with Monty Williams there, obviously they've developed good team chemistry, good cohesion. Um, you know, they just beat the Jazz twice, <laughs> uh, twice at the end of December or end of January. Uh, they beat the, the Nets. 
the Bulls, the Sixers, the Bucks. I mean, they're beating playoff teams. Uh, they beat the Bucks by 24 uh, close to a month ago. I mean, they're 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 winning games. They just lost to the Jazz on February 27th. They'll play tonight at 10 against the Blazers at home. But before that, before that loss to the Jazz on Sunday, Phoenix had won four of their last five. Six of their last seven, seven of their last eight, eight of their last nine. So they not only were winning, but they were beating good teams, playoff teams. Obviously, going to the East, you have a team like Philadelphia excited about James Harden, and they should be. I mean, the guy is electric, he's dynamic. With the Sixers, um, Philly actually will face the Knicks tonight. Um, But (laughs) this will actually be James Harden's home debut. So... I'm sure that's going to be an electric crowd. and But I look at the Sixers. Even though I like the Harden-Joel Embiid dynamic, I'm just curious, you know, can you get that extra boost from Tyrese Maxey or Tobias Hill come playoff time? Can they Can they do that? Knowing that the expectations are even higher for, for, for Philadelphia with a guy like Harden coming into the fold. Harden had a triple-double against the Knicks earlier this week. 29 points, 16 assists, 10 rebounds. Joel Embiid had 37. Just dynamic. It helps the bench, obviously. Takes some pressure, some of the load off of them. It helps Matisse Tybel, Harris, Maxi. Um, but I'm just curious. I mean, if Philadelphia can't get that third wheel, I'm concerned. How much do you trust Tobias Harris and Maxi to be that third wheel? Um. I'd like to see that more consistency from Tobias Harris. The last two games, he's had a combined 18 points. And they beat the Knicks and Timberwolves uh, fairly... Easily, I would say, in that Knicks game on Sunday, Philly had a 65-56 to lead after the first half, and then Knicks had, had a 
thirty. They were able to outscore Philly thirty-three to twenty-six in the third quarter, and then in the final quarter, Philly just turned it on and outscored them thirty-four to twenty. Final score: Philly one twenty-five, Knicks one oh nine. I still like the Bucks. Been there, done that. I like Giannis. I still, I, 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 the Bucks are the exception to the rule because I, I still believe you need two superstars. Phoenix, even though Chris Paul is older, he's still a standout point guard. Still contr- helps control the tempo. Developed good chemistry with Devin Booker in the Suns roster, the young roster. DeAndre Ayton, he continues to add to his resume, boost his stock. So there's reasons to really like Phoenix. Obviously, they're just demolished. They're just rolling over the last, you know, throughout this season. <laughs> I mean, they don't, it's hard for them to lose games. Monty Williams, obviously, good head coach. You can tell he is in tune with what's going on with his team. There's a reason why teams liked him uh, when he was an assistant a few years back and he was on the market to be a coach. There was You heard people talking about him going to different, you know, being linked to multiple teams. Oh, this team likes Williams. This team wants Monty. There's reasons for that, and you're seeing it. Went to the finals last year, had a lead. Uh, unfortunately for them, they blew it. And now this year, they're number one seed in the West. Even even though the Warriors have created some buzz with Steph, Clay, and Andrew Wiggins, an All Star this year. But I'm still gonna hold. I'm still gonna hold firm. I'm still gonna go with Milwaukee. Um, but in the West, I'm gonna change my mind. And go with Phoenix. Just the more I watch them, the more... First of all, I think a big thing for Phoenix is... Down low... DeAndre Ayton... Will... He will... In the playoffs... Take down whoever is at center... For the Warriors, in this case, Kayvon Looney. I'm sorry, no offense to Looney, but I'm not afraid of him if I'm uh, DeAndre Ayton. So, um, I'm sorry, no offense to the Warriors. They've had a good year to this point, but I, <laughs> I like the Suns. Uh, it seems like they're, the more we get into this, look, I appreciate what the Warriors have done with some of their younger players, but the more we get into this, the more we see, you know, you you wonder, Clay, you know, how 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 much how much pressure, how much how much do you use Clay Thompson when he? comes back because he didn't play in that blowout loss to the T-Wolves. Let's see the rest of the Warriors schedule here. 
Warriors play tomorrow at Dallas, 8.30 tip-off. Uh, so in that, let's see here. Clay Thompson didn't, you know, he's missed time. He didn't play in that, in that, in that Dallas game either uh, on Sunday. So uh, in the span of one week, the Warriors have to face the Mavs twice. Um, so yeah, how much do you trust Clay? I shouldn't say trust, but how much do you, how much, how much do you use? How, how many minutes do you ask Clay to play in a game? Um, you know, in the playoffs, do you say, you know what, Clay, in this game, in game one of this series, you're going to play uh, 20 minutes. The next game, you're going to play 30, 35. Like, how do you go about easing the pressure on Clay? Because I know when you're in Golden State, every, everybody's a team guy, but at the same time, is Clay going to get a little irritated? Hey, man, play me more. <laughs> play me more. Is he gonna? Is he going to get in his own way? And get and put try and put pressure on the on on Steve Kerr and the Warriors. Hey, get me in there. Play me more. Um, and the more you think about it, and the Warriors got me thinking in a certain way, because for a, a while, because for, for most of my, whenever I watch a sport and I see a team doing really well with really young players. Like, if they don't have a ton of playoff experience, I'll look at them and go, yeah, you had a great regular season, but I don't trust you to go to make and make a great playoff run. The Warriors got me thinking the other way a few months back because obviously they were playing well, and Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they had some good games together. And it got me, it got me, it got me, but it got me excited. The crowds were buzzing about it. And I saw that other young guys on that team. We're doing well. They were having success. You know, Otto Porter Jr. had a resurgence. You had Kaminga. You had uh, Toscano Anderson, who was in the dunk contest. I mean, uh, Jordan Poole. You had these guys contributing. and But even if they put solid numbers together, do I trust those guys to... Be uh, sharpshooters in the playoffs. Do I like them over? Do I like the Warriors over a team like Phoenix, who just got out of the finals, who is motivated to get back? Good head coach, two stars. Uh, Aiton is right up there, getting there. Um, no nonsense guy, you can tell. Do I, I mean, Phoenix, I think they're, I think I trust their bench a little more than the Warriors bench, but it's closer than what some may think. Um, but nor, but yeah, normally if you're a young team, not a, not a ton of playoff experience aside from Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay, obviously. How much do I trust you to show up in big spots? 
Uh, obviously, you look at the Suns. They've had, you know, pretty much everybody on their roster, uh, if not all of them, has... I'll go with most of them. I don't have the roster in front of me, but the Suns have that plethora of playoff experience, and it's recent. You know, CP3 wants that ring. Phoenix deserves to win the championship this year. Um, I don't... Honestly, it's hard for me to imagine them getting knocked out in, in any round before the NBA Finals. Now, the finals, it's going to be up in the air, I think, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But Milwaukee's going to be there. They're going to be pushing. And I'm curious, if Phoenix gets to the finals and they have a 2-0 lead over Milwaukee, let's say, how do the Suns learn from blowing that 2-0 lead last year? So anyway, Milwaukee, uh, Phoenix, Milwaukee, I expect them to, as of now, as of today, I expect those teams to, 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 match, to meet each other in the NBA Finals. I would think the Suns would win it. They should win it. Um, James Harden to the Sixers. Philly needs some excitement. The Flyers had to replace their GM. During the se- during this season, kind of earlier in the year, actually, the Phillies kind of lackluster, not showing up the final week of each of the last two seasons, failing to make the playoffs. They've struggled the last three Septembers or so, October slash uh, September slash October. I swear, once that calendar shifts to like middle of September, each of the last three years, the Phillies just struggle. They can't get out of their own way. They can't step up. Uh, and then you have the Eagles who are... They, they, they rebounded after a rough 2020 season, but still, they have to keep... Building, They don't know if Jalen Hurts is the guy, but it looks like they're committed to him for 2022. Um, But the Sixers, they need that boost. They need that excitement. Do they have a chance to make noise in the East? Absolutely. Like I said before, if Maxi and role players continue to step up, there should be no reason why. Look, Look, if they get a nice... Third wheel score. If Maxi continues to play better, good ba- good basketball. If if you're getting uh, Tobias Harris more involved, again, 18 points the last two games. The Sixers won both of those games, but I still want to see more from Tobias Harris as well. Philly has a lot going for it. There's reasons to get excited, to get hopeful. Who knows? Maybe if the Bucks get knocked out before the Eastern Conference Finals, the Sixers are able to go to the Finals. I'm not in love with Miami. 
they obviously have good talent. But Jimmy Butler, even though it looks like he's the designated alpha male, is he enough to take that team to the next level? I look at Le- uh, the, the talent of LeBron James. Like LeBron and his skill set, I like it more with the Heat roster than Jimmy Butler's skill set. Just the way LeBron is able to drive down the paint create contact, run guys over. Um, uh, He can obviously distribute. I like LeBron's skill set for that Heat roster. When you have shooters like, when you have guys who can score like Tyler Harrow and Vincent and Struss, then uh, of course Duncan Robinson on the roster. Like there's guys, uh, PJ Tucker, like there's, there's veterans, there's young guys, there's, Guys who can shoot on that roster, I really like. I don't know if Butler is necessarily the best fit. I feel like the Heat could use more of that playmaker. I mean, Kyle Lowry is nice, but he ain't LeBron James nice. Uh, I'm just not in love with the Heat enough for them to, to consider them a championship team. The Bulls have already come down a little bit. The Cavs are dealing with injuries. Um... So that, that's where I'm at. That, that's my view. That's my Those are my thoughts on the top teams in the East and in the East and West. Um, you know, looking at those conferences, looking at the NBA right now as the playoffs are getting closer and closer. They're not too far off. 20 games about for each team left. Um, the Sixers... Should be excited. I mean, uh, they have two stars. Bucks have one. Chris Middleton is a nice complimentary piece. Uh, he's a, he's definitely a, a high a end player, all star this year for Milwaukee. But who would you rather watch, Giannis and Middleton, or Harden and Joel Embiid? I'll take the latter. I mean, there's not much to really hate about the Sixers. If they stay out of their own way, keep playing selfless basketball, I like Harden to help the Sixers. And I do believe the Sixers, the way they're playing right now, if they continue this momentum, they'll have a shot to not only win the East and knock off the Bucks or somebody else, but... The Sixers would have a shot to win a championship. So, if I had to do a power rankings, a top five, I would say number one for the NBA. I would say number one, Suns. Number two, uh, number two, Bucks. Um, no, I'll say, I'll say number two, yeah, number two bucks, number three Sixers, number four Warriors, number five, do I like anybody? Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, number one, Suns, I already mentioned Milwaukee, Philly, 
Golden State, five. Let me pull up the standings one more time before we get out of here. Move on to the NFL real quick. Do I like the the Grizzlies or the Heat? I have to. Don't you have to go Heat? Won nine of their last ten. They're number one in the East. I just think. I just think. You know, reason for my rankings. I mean, obviously, not just the not just the re- recent success of the Suns and Bucks, but I think those two teams. I can trust them. I like their leadership. Chris Paul, Giannis. You know, number three, I had the Sixers because of how they're playing. Over these last few games with James Harden, I think that stands out a lot. So Philly has to be three, four. I picked Golden State, obviously. The resurgence that they're having this year with Steph, with Clay, huge. They're getting contributions from young guys, which is huge. Uh, And then five, I'll go with Miami, like I said, because, you know, when you have that culture... Eric Spolstra being considered one of the better coaches in NBA history. That just the mixture of veterans and young guys, the shooting, Bama DeBio. I feel like we don't talk about him a lot. Um, and his ability to play defense and rebound. I mean, Jimmy Butler is there, Duncan Robinson, Hero, who we like a lot. So there's reasons to really like. Miami and just their culture. They're number one in the East. Um, Grizzlies, a little too young. I like John Morant. He's a stud. Uh, Obviously, you have Desmond Bain and others. The Grizzlies are on the rise, no doubt about it. Um, But I think number five has to be Miami. So... Let's move on. Take a break. Come back. NFL is coming up. All right. Here we are. Episode number two for today. And look at the NFL. The scouting, the NFL combine is a big focus this week, uh, and rightfully so. Get to see some of these prospects work out. But we're hearing more and more buzz and more and more mock drafts. And where is this team going? Or, you know, you know, all these needs and who can fill them and all that other stuff. And look, let's not try and overthink the room. And I'm going to do a mock draft at some point before the draft. So stay tuned for that. I don't think I've ever done a mock draft. I think I've done some predictions. Oh, this guy could go to the Panthers. This guy could go to um, uh, the Raiders. But I don't think I've ever sat down and went, 
round for round. Maybe I did like a first round draft at some point. But my memory is a little fuzzy. The bottom line is, uh, let's look at this. uh, Let's go to CBSSports.com. Chris Trapasso. This was published, it looks like, a few hours ago. He has Akeem Ekwanu (coughs) going to the Jacksonville Jaguars in his mock draft for today. Again, this is from Chris Trapasso, CBSSports.com. So he has the Jags taking offensive lineman Akeem Ekwanu from NC State, sophomore, big big guy. It makes sense. Look, you got to protect Trevor Lawrence. That's a no-brainer. Number two, Aiden Hutchinson to, the, to Detroit, staying in Michigan. Number three, Houston. He has Houston taking Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Number four, Evan Neal, yes. A lot of people thought he was the number one pick. Trapasso has Neal going to the Jets. Then Charles Cross, another lineman, going to New York area, tri-state area. Charles Cross to the Giants. Panthers connected to Kenny Pickett. He would be a good boost there for the Panthers, no doubt about it. Uh, Then in a trade with the Bears... He has Kayvon Thibodeau going to the Giants. Then the Falcons getting Malik Willis. That's interesting. That's a change of pace going from Matty Ice Ryan to Malik Willis. And number nine, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, junior out of Cincinnati, going to the Broncos. And in a trade with Seattle, he has the Jets selecting Derek Stingley Jr., Good cornerback out of LSU. Uh, other notables, Trayvon Walker, defensive lineman going to the Baltimore Ravens. That would be a good fit for them. And he also, at number 20, he has Matt Corral going to Pittsburgh. Um, I think, because we're hearing more and more from the Steelers, or specifically Kevin Colbert, uh, he was talking this week, and uh, actually, I think the last couple weeks we've heard things, we've heard different topics being addressed from Kevin Colbert Steelers uh, GM, and obviously he's retiring. Uh, he's leaving the Steelers after the draft in April. But he's basically like, hey, we're going to address the quarterback position. We know that's important. But he also said with Mike Florio and Chris Sims, hey, we are looking at getting better with the young guys we currently have on the roster. So that's a key point. Because if you're a Steeler fan, and, and we know how good franchises, it's hard for their fan bases to adjust. Look at the Giants. <laughs> you go from winning two Super Bowls, and you know with uh, 
Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning to now going through the NFL coaching cycle every two, three years. You're prepping yourself. Hey, we're going to fire McAdoo. We're going to fire Joe Judge. We're going to get rid of Pat Shermer. Uh, not good. So it's hard for teams. And you look at a guy like... Uh, you look at a team like the Saints. Hey, man, we were successful with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Now we have Dennis Allen and nobody at quarterback. Taysom Hill, I'm sorry, you're not it. So it's going to be hard for teams. The Broncos sunk after they lost Peyton Manning. Obviously, he was along for the ride in that Super Bowl run in 2016, but still... Goes to show, quarterback is not just about on-field talent. It is leadership. It is pre-snap. Good decisions on and off the field. Um, you know, it, it's more than just on-field talent. I'm not saying Bronco quarterbacks are troublemakers since, you know, after or before Peyton Manning was in Denver, but Peyton Manning was a leader, a unique player, a unique presence. And when he left, Denver sunk. Went through quarterbacks like toothpicks. And now you look at the Steelers. We know how competitive that AFC North is. But we heard the hype coming into the 2021 season. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, Cleveland, oh, they might go to the Super Bowl. Baker Mayfield, all that talent, good old line. Stud running backs, what can't the Browns do? And after making the playoffs, they failed to get in. I mean, come on. There three three wildcard teams could make it this year. Browns couldn't crack either of those any of those wildcard spots. So obviously Cincinnati, who would have thought they would have gone to the Super Bowl? Joe Burrow recovering from an injury he had in 2021 or uh, 2022 season. So we hear all this hype. Uh, again, before this past season, oh, the AFC North, man, it's pretty scary. And the Steelers, of all teams, found a way to get in. I didn't think, before the season, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team. And during the year, I didn't think they were a playoff team. Limitations at quarterback. Relying on on a rookie running back and Najee Harris sometimes too much in my opinion, which is a fear. Which was a fear. How do you balance the pressure that you put on a rookie running back and a old quarterback? I don't think the Steelers were great in that in, in at doing that, like finding that balance. Um, but you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and. 
For a while, we were thinking, Malik Willis could go there. There's some hype. There's some buzz around his name. He's being connected to Pittsburgh. And now I'm looking at this mock, mock draft, and Matt Corral is the guy. It's amazing. Like, like I am I confident the Steelers are going to be great at finding that replacement for Ben for Ben Roethlisberger? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100% confident. I'm kind of 50-50, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's hard for teams to to get it right. The Packers are one of the few teams. They went from Favre to Rodgers. So they've had, what, two and a half decades or so of... Hey, man, look at us. Look at us. So Packers, one of the few teams I get it right. Um, you got Obviously, you got to be smart. If you're Pittsburgh do you, and you find a way to get Kenny Pickett, which is who I would take today, uh, if I'm the Steelers... <laughs> Are you, like, a lot of it has to do with your offensive philosophy, too. Do you want a guy like Malik Willis who can run around and throw? But he, on, on tape, I mean, on, on tape, he looks, he looks like he has, uh, he, he has some height to him. He's not some, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he's a skinny, frail guy. You compare some of these quarterbacks, I mean, whether you're the Steelers or somebody else, I get why there's intrigue with Malik Malik Willis. His mobility, obviously, he can make throws effortlessly down the field, deep down the field. Seems like a good guy, head on his shoulders. Can lead. Um, There's not much not to like about him. Some question his decision-making. I think you can coach him a little bit there. But I, I would get it. If I'm a Steeler fan, Giant fan, Saint fan, I would get excited if, hey, we got Kenny Pickett. And the more I watch, the more I learn. It's like I'd be excited watching Malik Willis in the pros. Matt Corral, I want to see a little more. Sam Howell, I want to see a little more. Bailey Zap. So, honestly, I'm up in the air. I'm I'm unsure. I don't know who's going to Pittsburgh. I don't know who's who's getting drafted as a quarterback to some of these quarterback needy teams. Who knows what Denver's going to do? It's I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't even know where to begin. Um, so according to an article, it looks like, according to what I'm, what I've read so far about Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay, 
A-Rod is still thinking about whether he wants to return to Green Bay for an 18th season. Um, according to a Sports Illustrated article, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are discussing a short-term deal if Rodgers so, uh, chooses to come back to Green Bay. Look, there's reasons if you're Aaron Rodgers to stick around. There's definitely reasons to leave. I would leave because Green Bay, how much better do you expect them to get if they, because obviously they have to try and get under the cap. Um, We've talked about this before on this show. If the Packers want to get under the cap, you know, it's going to take some maneuvering. They're going to have to make some sacrifices. Uh, I'm not saying necessarily cut a player, but definitely keep restructuring. Keep pulling that rabbit out of the hat. But if you're going to bring back Aaron Rodgers, let's say two years, $50 million, that cuts into your pockets. Can you bring back Devontae Adams? I mean, are you, is he going to accept a franchise tag? I mean, is he going to be pleased with that? Um, do you, Or do you say, forget it? We don't want to have Devontae Adams on a franchise tag if he's not going to be happy with it. Let's just try and replace him with multiple wide receivers who can be successful and give Aaron more more uh, options. I'm just curious. They've gotten rid of uh, some of Aaron Rodgers' favorite players, favorite teammates over the years. So I'm just curious. I mean, it sounds like things are getting patched up. I think the Packers understand. The more we get into this, it seems like they understand more and more. Hey, A-Rod, he's our guy. We don't have options right now to replace him. We don't select high in the draft. Chances are by the time we pick two or three of the best quarterbacks available are going to be gone uh, in the draft. So Jordan Love, do you trust him? I think the Packers, it sounds like they're saying, you know what? Let's just run it back. We don't have another option. We don't have another Aaron Rodgers in the wings, waiting in the wings. So let's just run it back. Brady retired. The Rams are going to probably lose some players. Maybe they lose Von Miller and Andrew Whitworth to free agency. Or to, uh, in Whitworth's case, maybe he'll retire. Vaughn Miller, he's going to test the market, it sounds like. So you lose another veteran leader, a veteran leader there. Maybe you lose Odell Beckham Jr. So the Rams are going to they have to they have to figure out ways to get better for next season. They're not going to be perfect. So the Packers are looking at everything and they look at the Niners who are most likely going to it sounds like they're going to part ways with Jimmy G and the Packers are looking at everything going on and they're saying, Hey, the Bucks, Niners and Rams, three of the better teams in the conference 
they're going to be different. We might have a shot to be in that NFC NFC Championship or Super Bowl next year. So uh, definitely excited about the NFL Draft. Again, mock draft coming in the weeks to come. Um, I'm excited for that. NFL Combine, NFL Draft. Um, hey, if there's no baseball, we have some other things to look at. Uh, in the short term, Major League Baseball, in the short term or long term, I don't think Major League Baseball is that is terribly affected. I mean, they're affected to some extent to some extent because this lockout does stunt their growth their ability to attract more fans, to draw in more fans. But at the same time, like I said on the previous episode, uh, on on the last episode we did, MLB wasn't ruling the airwaves. It wasn't dominating. The NBA and NFL, they dominate. You have stars changing teams. You have stars getting a ton of promotion. Baseball, they haven't had as much success. See you next time. This has been Making It Big. I'm The Few signing off. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.